The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about modern publishing and media with Brian Morrissey, the editor-in-chief of DigiDay, a vertical media company focused on the digital media and marketing industries. At DigiDay, Brian leads all content development, both through digital publications and more than a dozen events each year. Prior to joining DigiDay, Brian spent six years as digital editor at Adweek, where he led all coverage of the digital media and marketing industry, including developments in social, advertising technology, and publisher monetization strategies. Prior to joining Adweek in 2005, Brian wrote for DM News, ClickZ, and Silicon Alley Insider. Having covered the Internet advertising industry since 2000, Brian is frequently called upon to speak at industry events or to contribute his expertise to outlets like BBC, CNBC, NBC, and many more. You can follow Brian on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B Morrissey. And it's great to have you on Market Edge, Brian. Welcome. Thanks, Glenn. That was like a walk through like my life. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and just the good details. I'm sure there's many more. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so you've been doing this uh, online journalism and publishing since the whole dot com bubble burst in 2000 um, when you were at Silicon Alley Reporter. What attracted you to this industry out of the gate? Yeah, I think what attracted me then it was like I, I started covering this, like you said, in 2000, right after sort of the crash, while the market crashed. But it was mostly just because, you know, it was pretty obvious at that point the internet was changing how we lived and how businesses were being built. So I, I think I was attracted mostly to the dynamism of it. I think there were a lot of a lot of ideas at that time that, excuse me, maybe the time wasn't right or the execution wasn't right, but um, it was... I think it was mostly the dynamism, people trying to do new things. And any sort of, I'm sure there's gobs of them, but some big changes that you've witnessed in that industry, the online publishing industry, over the past decade, what are some of the top ones that come to mind? Well, I mean, I think, um, I guess in, in publishing, you know, particularly, um, I mean, it's just a more like the maturation of the models, and I think there's still a way to go. I mean, that that the whole analog dollars for I guess it was digital pennies, not dimes. Um, 
but um, you know that problem hasn't totally been solved. But I think it's it's interesting to see how and also be living it of trying to trying to come up with a new a new publishing a new media model that fits the economics um, of uh, you know of digital where you don't have scarcity and um, it's hard, but I think it's 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 pretty fascinating because it's it's a pretty important problem to solve. So right. I mean, it's 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 interesting because I'm like almost covering the sort of the digital media world, but also like trying to figure out how to um, you know build a publication that's made for it. So talk a little bit for the listeners that aren't familiar with DigiDay. Will you just explain a little bit about um, what DigiDay is and uh, what was the the spark that got you excited to join them? Yeah, I mean, I came over here. It's almost it's just a little bit over a year ago, um, and you know what what it, what attracted me to it. I mean, DigiDay was really an events company. To be honest with you, like before, they were doing content, but not. Um, it was it wasn't the focus of the company. The focus of the company was was doing you know events that brought together different parts of the digital media world. And what I liked was the idea of being able to sort of build a new type of publication um, almost from scratch, but not from scratch because the the events business was, you know, a good business. And so, you know, we're kind of like flipping the model where we're going from events into content and most people do the opposite the opposite. And events are harder to do than I think a lot of people realize. I mean we saw Web two point is now gone and it's just like they're really, really, really hard to do. Mm. And so I liked that idea of having that that base and then building on top of it. And the idea was, you know, that look, I was at Adweek for many years. I mean, I saw what happens when you are trying to run a legacy business and then um, you know, trying to build a digital business sort of on the side. In the end the digital business kind of doesn't get as much attention as it should because you're making all your money off of the traditional business stuff. Right. So I like the idea of not having that. You know, like I, yep. I saw it ad week, like you know, the print took up eighty percent of our time, eighty percent of our meetings, eighty percent of our focus. And I don't I I didn't see a way around that. It's not bad, it's just the way it was. So I thought there would be an opportunity to build a new type of publication that's really made for the digital media world um, and doesn't cover the legacy parts of the business. Um, right. And then, most importantly, um, is honest about stuff. So that's what we talk about a lot around here. Um, and that's just not... There's a lot of stuff that's like talked about that's not really true, and everyone knows it. So our whole differentiator is that we're going to be um, honest about the things that are going on. So I, I was going to ask, knowing knowing you at Adweek, and then when you took it at Digi Day, you've always had a um, phenomenally hilarious personality. And I think the whole um, looking at honesty, but in a way that um, has a little bit of a of a twist. So if people go to Digi Day, not only do you have like the you know what are pictures that uh, conferences look like, but now you got the dog as the office spokesperson and yeah, the anonymous interviews. <laughs> yeah. So talk a little bit about you know your role as the as the editor in chief, but also bring in a personality to the DigiDay. Well, I you know it's funny because it's like it's and I think it's like all a lot of this is driven by sort of social media. Um, look, there's so much information out there, and when you get when you get so much out there, the value of information itself sort of um, declines because there's a surplus. It's just 
simple economics. But at the same time, the, the value of insight actually goes up when there's a surplus of, of information. So we want to we want to do we want to really 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 heavily be on the insight piece. Um, but more importantly, or not more importantly, but also just as important, um, you just have to be different now. Like there's so yep. much out there. So it's hard to get attention, whether you're a brand or whether you're a publisher or just personally. It's just there's just so much. And the only way you get um, like look at like you, Terry Kwaja, um, yep. he's like an investment banker. You know, he's you know he's a brilliant guy. One of the most brilliant things about Terry is that he realizes that humor was a way to differentiate himself from all the other investment bankers out there. I mean, he's very good at what he does, and he's very, very smart. But having a sort of personality has helped helped him, you know, distance himself, honestly, from his like competitors. So I thought, you know, there would be an opportunity here, and it's something we always talk about um, one of our sort of core values is personality and having personality and, and trying to do things like we just did um, Shit Henry Thinks. Yep. Sorry, I'm not allowed to say that <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, that's all right. Before, but... That's okay. People may have heard the word once or twice. <laughs> okay, good. So, and that's, you know, Henry is, is a Morky. He's um, uh, our office dog. And the idea is we, he's a very, very cute dog. And um, the idea is we gave Henry a very acerbic um, personality about that doesn't have any. Some people have said that Henry is 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 my alter ego, but it's not true at all. Henry is his own <laughs> person, and he. Uh, so we basically have cute photos of Henry, and then we put kind of like uh, kind of like lolcat style. Um, we put some sort of acerbic thoughts that Henry is having about digital media. <laughs> Sounds it, it's, no, it's it's uh, it's hilarious, and everybody likes you know pets. So I guarantee that that yeah. will that will take off. So it's like it's like honestly, it's like it's not the only thing we do. It can't be the only thing we do. But I mean, I look at it can't all be like I always tell you, it's like it can't all be homework. You know, like we write very serious stories, and we're very I wouldn't say overly critical, but we're we're you know we try to be honest, and so we try to take tough 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 looks at things but at the same time like you know on a Friday when it's Passover and Good Friday you know people like to have some fun stuff so hopefully we can absolutely do more of that no I, I love it and to your point about the the brand personality that that is clearly something that fits right in one of your other areas that's been interesting to, to watch and read is the whole sort of confessions um, theme. Yeah. And um, in the post confessions of a CEO, you spoke with an anonymous anonymous agency chief executive about a number of topics. And um, one of the ones that was fascinating to me was the increasing competition to win client projects with PR, digital, and advertising growing closer together. And is there less differentiation between the agency's core offerings? What's from your vantage point? How are you seeing agencies? differentiate themselves in this growing competitive landscape. Brian, one of the areas that um, has been really interesting to, to follow is the whole confessions theme um, and talking to individuals anonymously in different parts of the business. And in the, the post-confessions of a CEO, you spoke with an anonymous agency chief executive on a number of topics. And one of the ones that was very interesting to me was around increasing competition uh, to win client projects as the PR, digital, advertising areas get closer and closer together. 
from your vantage point, how are you seeing agencies successfully differentiate themselves from the competitive set that's out there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just so hard now, right? I mean, because of like social media, um, there's a lot of blurring of the lines, and everyone's sort of getting in, into everyone else's business, and um, it becomes a pretty crowded competitive set. Um, and I think it's difficult for a lot of agencies to figure out what they're good at and what they're not good at, you know, mm-hmm. because the old you know, the whole full service thing is like, oh my God, I mean, everyone claiming that they can do everything when they know they can't do everything well. Clients know they can't do everything well. Um, but the age old thing is like, you know, agencies, once they get in, they try to kill the other agency, you know? So everyone <laughs> talks about like, um, it's like, oh, it's all about collaboration and stuff like this. And then it's like, yeah, okay, fine. But the DNA of agencies is to kill agencies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting to see how, and I, you know, honestly, it's it's funny. I want to write a post where um, it's it's about how clients are to blame for like every single ill of the digital <laughs> media world because it's true they really are because of because they don't manage their agencies well. Oftentimes, I know Glenn, you won't say this. I'll say it anyway. Uh, <laughs> they don't manage their clients well, and you know we see the compensation is is kind of crazy like i think it's nuts that clients ask demand agencies tell them how much they pay people <laughs> like what well, like it's nuts and then they're like okay well you can make this much money like a little teeny bit of money um and uh so you get all sorts of um problems in there um because you know agencies are going to end up you know it's a service business so they'll end up doing what, you know, what works for clients, and I think clients a lot of times need to need to think a lot uh, harder about um, how they deal with their agencies, you know, I think that, that confession of agency CEO, I think for me the thing that was most interesting was, um, you know, the stuff you had to say about, you know, clients, you know, that they... They don't want to have, you know, long-term relationships. They want to sleep around, and um, it's tough. It's it's a really interesting point. You you talked about building Digiday with personality, and you know, I'm fortunate to be able to uh, build a small, fast-growing agency. And one of the things we certainly focus on is the, um, you know, the type of clients that we would love to work with. And it's really interesting. Your best client relationships um, are there's no question there's they're fun people to be with, and you know they're smart and fun. We always joke. There's a lot of really smart clients, and everybody, every agency needs clients. Um, but the uh, the best relationships are absolutely there's a there's a personal linkage as well. Um, and I think you know the cult, the shared cultures, um, that's an ideal state. Um, it is hard. It is shared. I would say. I think agencies are far from perfect. Um, so I got a couple other questions, but actually right now we're going to take a really quick short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Brian Morrissey and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. 
Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 16th Annual International Web Award Competition. Independent judges from around the world recognize the best websites from nearly 100 industries. Web Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. You can't win if you don't enter. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Brian Morrissey, Editor-in-Chief of DigiDay, talking about modern publishing and media. Brian, in in your post, you startups get brands, and there was a video interview that you filmed at South by Southwest with Leo Burnett. You talked about how startups are trying to be the next big thing, and agencies and brands are looking for the next big thing, Uh, and you highlighted Nike and Amex as being very inspiring for taking chances in digital media. Will you talk a little bit about this topic and those two brands in particular, or what inspired you? Yeah, I think, you know, I think... I guess let's take a step back. I think, you know, in that interview I was talking a lot of it was down to South by Southwest and it's like everyone's trying to chase what the new new thing is and the new big thing and it's like, oh, what app's gonna break out and stuff like this. And to me it's just like I mean, maybe it's because there's like so many people are doing that that I just don't want to compete on that level. <laughs> like but it just seems like it's a I don't know why it, every everyone has ADD in the digital media world, and I think for me, what's inspiring is seeing brands like MX and Nike really baking like all these innovations that are going on in social media and digital technology into into their products and into their services, and you know it takes a big commitment, and it's 
it's a pain. It's hard. It's not the sort of like sexy, glamorous work. Um, but it's the only way I think, you know, for all this stuff to really change businesses and how businesses connect with consumers. It has to happen within, within the client, you know, and I, it, and the part I talked about, which I think is interesting is, is what the agency's role is in that, you know, because oftentimes yeah, so- the agency comes in well after the fact. So that's to say more on that. That's really interesting. If you think of the uh, business development, product development world, um, you have your PR agency, sometimes management consulting firms, and you have your creative agency. Um, talk a little bit about where where an agency plays and what are some of the things that that you're seeing. Well, I mean, I think uh, I think agencies want to play. I think I guess agencies talk a lot about playing you know, being more upstream and being, you know, more involved in the sort of earlier on, even in the product development, um, you know, phase of things. And, but then it runs into opposition to what that, you know, confessions piece is saying was that, you know, for a lot of agencies, they don't have those long-term relationships. They don't have, like, yes, RGA was involved very early on within the sort of the development of, the fuel band, for instance, but yep. you know it's been working with 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 Nike for what like now going on like ten years for digital agencies right. quite a, quite a long time, and you know they've got like what, almost like a hundred people who are dedicated to Nike, so um, I just think for a lot of agencies they're not gonna they're not that involved in early on in the process. Yep. I think it's frustrating, but again, I put it back on clients. Like I know agencies want to be, you know, involved, but it's like um, it's whether or not clients want that. Like we had a pretty interesting thing where I, um, I interviewed a, um, a guy who runs Lego's um, in-house agency, and they have an entire in-house creative agency, basically. Um, and it's interesting because of that setup. And it's not going to be for every brand, but for because of that setup. It's a totally different type of agency. It's an agency that's completely involved from the very beginning in product development. Interesting. Um, it, it would be very interesting if that model could be applied to outside agencies. It's it's funny in talking, you know, having a number of CMOs on this on this show and uh, and agency partner and service providers too. There's the a common theme is around a short-term results focused and the pressure on, you know, taking the, the client side, the pressure on the CMO to deliver results fast and soon. For many, it, it does drive a um, sort of a um, low risk or looking for least path of least resistance. Um, and it's hard to get a bunch of agencies or partners together around the table. There's, it needs an incredible amount of confidence and leadership. Um, and in many cases, CMOs are like, I'd love to do a lot of things, but, you know, we got to move stuff off the shelves in the next, we're not having the best month. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic about you end up with, we hear the phrase a lot, swim lanes. So to your point, I think it is interesting to think of a Lego creative agency um, not stuck to a swim lane downstream, but obviously completely embedded upstream. Um, it's really interesting, interesting dynamic. Um, any right. good? So you talked about the confessions of the of the CEO. I know you've had some good confessions mm-hmm. in in media trading desks yeah. and, and other were, areas. I, I should just, I should just add, Erwin, you were not the you were not the agency CEO. Th- thank you very much for saying that. Um, 
<laughs> for so many reasons. But um, what's been? Are there any common themes that you're starting to see emerge from your confessions series? Well, I guess the the confession series is kind of interesting because it's something I wanted to do immediately from you know when I got here, and it took us a little time to get there. Um, but because uh, the idea was, you know, a lot of the things you look around. Like I actually, I really liked you know what Agency Spy was doing. You know when particularly yep. Celestine was there, and then when Matt was there, um, and I think Kieran's doing a good job too. But I think when it first came, it was it was this new and different thing. I think in some ways I thought it went a little bit too far. Like it became a little bit like bathroom wall sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of getting at the real stuff going on. I think it was for us. It, it, it doesn't work. It's a little bit too like personal driven. I don't want people slandering other people. But the idea of it, I think, is good to get like you know honest takes from all these different people. So I don't know if there's like any common themes coming out. It's just that to me, it's very. It's it's a lot other than you know a lot of people don't trust Google. Um, that's one. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, uh, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think what's interesting to me is like everyone knows like there's this gap between like the sort of ideal world that people like talk about and stuff like this, and everyone knows how you know that that's where how things should be. But there's all these little day-to-day things that keep that from being a reality. You know what I mean? Like we did our first yeah. one was the tw- was confessions of a twenty five year old media planner. Everyone knows, like you know, the ad sales process is screwed up and and things like that. But like you know, it's just it's very interesting because all of these sort of problems and sort of trying to get at the future and stuff like this. The biggest hangups of all of them are people. It's not technology or any of that. It's people because when you're talking about processes, you're talking about people. Yeah. And I think that, I guess, would be like a common theme is that in order to, you know, for all of these innovations to take hold and for it to be a whole different digital media world, you know, it's going to be um, about changing people. Well, it's, it's interesting and it makes the whole, uh, it's a very real and transparent story, I'm sure, all of the, the readers um, when they get to the topic that they're deep in, we'll see parts of themselves there, which is, you know, I'm, I think why it's it's compelling. So it's really interesting to watch. Um, one of your other posts was around challenges facing modern publishers, and uh, I think it was titled "The Hard Road for the Modern Publisher." And you talked about that yeah. there's really no shortcut or silver silver bullet for publishers when it comes to digital media. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Say more about that. Well, I think it's funny because um, one of my other sort of theories, uh, other than you know, clients are all to blame, is VCs are all to blame. Um, <laughs> I really do think that you know the the flood of venture capital, um, particularly into advertising technology, has you know deformed the the whole system. They're almost almost convinced that the, the these companies are, are creating more problems than they're solving. Um, and you know there there's always this sort of these overfunded ad tech companies who you know originally they were all funded on the advertiser side, but now the sort of publisher side you know has gotten a lot more funding, and they're all promising all of these things to to publishers and um at the end of the day, like there isn't like this just one thing that's going to like solve that sort of you know analog dollars to digital dimes problem um 
And, you know, I based a lot of that off, you know, we did this interview with, with Paul Rossi from The Economist and stuff like that. And they're like, they're a great example of, you know, a publisher that's, you know, kept premium and has, you know, at, at a time when everyone was like, oh, everything has to be free and stuff like this. And they're like, well, no, we're going to charge you. Actually, we're going to charge you just as much as we charge you in print. Um, and I think I think publishers are going to have to to do those kind of things, and um, they're also going to have to just concentrate on on creating great, unique content. I know it's, it seems kind of trite, but you know there isn't um, there isn't this there isn't just this this thing you can do, and then all of a sudden you grow real quick. Because I, I think about it ourselves. Like honestly, I just before we got on the phone here, like I was talking with someone who wanted to like syndicate our content. They're like, you'll get exposed to this huge audience and stuff like this and it'll help you today grow so much quicker. And I'm like, you just want to take our content and run it on your site. Like, I get why right. you want to do that. And, but for us, like, you know, you know, building a, a great media company is just going to be bit by bit, day by day to like create great content that people end up seeking out. Um, well, it's interesting back to our the discussion and theme about short-term pressures. There's a lot of silver bullet to, you know, it's interesting, the VC point of view, but the quick sale or the flip um, and the, you know, quick monetization versus what you're talking about is building a brand that's going to take time. Yeah, and it is. It's always, it's and, it, and it's it's funny because it's, it's slower in a B2B environment than consumer. Like, mm-hmm. you see, like, you know, like Huffington Post sort of came out of nowhere to become so big so fast. Um, and it's really, it's, it's more hard to do that, actually, in a vertical space. Um, I mean, we've grown really fast, but um, it's it's hard to do that. And I think when you do that, that's when you see the shortcuts, you know? Right. I mean, you think about, I think about Huffington Post. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that, um, he won't say it, but that Jonah Pratty is sort of, Doing what he's doing at BuzzFeed is sort of penance for what he unleashed at Huffington Post. <laughs> you know, I think that went in a different direction than he wanted to. Well, I mean, it's like you know, aggregation of aggregation. It's like I hate yep. you know. It seems like everyone is just aggregating and they're putting a nice, they're putting curation on it. Uh, you know, it's a fun little label, but at the end of the day, it's like it's a lot. There's a lot of places just not creating a ton of value. You know, right? I mean, interesting. No, because it's because the ad system is so screwed up. So everyone goes for quantity over quality, and you know, um, it's kind of crazy. Business Insider publishes 120 stories a day. <laughs> That's yeah. alarming wow. to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Makes my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> So just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do with the guests is to do sort of a speed round where I throw out some um, technologies or topics or something that's hot and get a really quick first thing uh, through your mind, uh, quick response. So um, So I got a couple for you. Uh, Yeah, just quick response, a a word or a sentence, not a you know four-hour diatribe. Um, All right, so let's let's start with daily deals like Groupon and Living Social. Um, overrated. Okay. Um, <laughs> Do I need no, more? it's no, it's, uh, it's one one sentence as to why. Uh, undifferentiated, low value. Really interesting. Okay. How about Pinterest? 
best thing I heard was it's delicious for women. <laughs> I mean, like delicious, like the bookmarking service. Right. No, I got that. Um, very interesting. Yeah, it's clearly amazing. The the I totally don't get scale. it. I totally. I, this is one of the things I totally I do not understand Pinterest at all. There, there's a topic for you down the road. I think would be a fascinating point of view from the um, from the mouths of Digiday to talk about that. You can do a point counterpoint well, we have, male we, and female. Yeah, we have. Yes, we do have. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have. Our director of content's planning her wedding, so I think there you go. she's on Pinterest. There you go. Okay, and, and last, what about QR codes? Awful. <laughs> because? <laughs> Actually, no. The, the, um, I, uh, I think they're very poorly um, implemented frequently, um, and uh, I don't think... Uh, I think I heard something very interesting. Someone said they're a very ugly step on the way to something interesting. I think being oh, able that's to really the digital, really digital physical interaction thing is is awesome and it's cool and it's totally you know where everything is going to go. I just QR codes itself is sort of like an unfortunate first step towards that. That's I mean, really interesting. QR codes is, the funniest part is is the QR codes in the subway. I mean, yeah, you like that. <laughs> Or on the bus. I mean, you can't use <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, on the subway, we have no, there's no, um, there's no cell phone reception. Right. Oh, yeah, that's good. There's nothing to do with them. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, yeah. many more questions. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So I want to thank you, for, thank you, Brian, for being on my show today and being my guest. Um, thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out. <laughs>